Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We are looking at Shanti Feldon's book, Highly Happy Marriages, The Little Things That Make a Big Difference. We were comparing and contrasting Ephesians 4.26 and Psalm 4.4 when our time ran out last week. Shanti says that in all these conversations about processing anger according to biblical guidelines, an important distinction surfaced. Happy couples had discovered the difference between resolving their anger and resolving the issue. In practice, they would try especially hard to talk through or deal with their anger or hurt feelings before bed, even if the issue itself wasn't resolved. It wasn't always possible, of course, but even a little bit of forgiveness and reconnection sometimes made a difference. There is a difference between resolving your conflict and having anger about it, one experienced marriage mentor told her. The biblical principle of do not let the sun go down on your anger doesn't mean we always agree or reach agreement. It's that we try to not have anger about it if we can. Because that is where the devil will try to get you. Let's look again at one of the basic differences between men and women. According to brain science and the survey Shanti did, men will usually want and need more time than women to process unwanted feelings and will need to think it through internally instead of talking it through. Thus, in a nighttime emotional disagreement, a thoughtful husband is quite likely to want to think things through overnight. First, so he can actually know what he feels, and second, so that he doesn't let hurtful things fly in the heat of the moment. By contrast, it's far more likely that the wife will be the one who wants to keep talking no matter how late it is. She needs to work through her unwanted feelings and come to the reassurance that we're okay before she can let it go enough to sleep. One husband summarized, I tend to go to bed with a clearer mind than she does because I know that eventually we'll be okay and in the morning we'll reconnect just fine because we got a good night's sleep. That is typical for men, but women worry about it and process it while they lie there in bed. They want a clear mind, but they can't until they have resolution. Ultimately, in yes couples, both spouses were willing to hang in there and pursue something before bed or to wait until the morning if doing either mattered a great deal to their spouse. The key ingredient was trying, if possible, to reach what one husband called relational peace. One happily remarried husband told Shanti, Once my brain has gone fuzzy, I'll still try to invest a little more since she wants to get it resolved, and on her part, she'll understand we may not be able to. But we'll at least recognize where we are and affirm that things will be okay. His wife agreed. One of the things we're trying to work on is to say we can't fix all this right now, she said. But we can reassure each other before we go to bed that we are committed. Knowing we'll be okay is what is important. 
What Shanti has found is in line with one of the recommendations I make to couples as a part of gaining more mutual understanding. I suggest that when the couple is having a time of heated fellowship and the man feels he needs to withdraw to process things, I suggest he make the following statement. I have way too much emotional investment at this time to talk about this. I need some time to think and process. But you need to know, from my point of view, we're okay. If she feels the relationship is okay, she'll give him the space he needs to process. Well, now let's move to another of what Shanti Feldon calls a surprising secret of highly happy marriages. Namely, that happy couples keep score. How what you count changes what you give back. Now, you may say, we don't keep score. But you would indeed be a unique couple if you didn't. It's a natural tendency for us to keep score. This whole concept of keeping score in marriage is an interesting and multifaceted concept. Most of us were probably encouraged at the beginning of our marriages to not keep score. What they were probably encouraging us to do was to not keep a record of wrong. So, one of the problems with keeping score is that we normally default to keeping track of things our spouse has done wrong. Even if we change our emphasis from negative to positive things, which Shanti encourages us to do, men and women generally keep score differently. We men are quick to give ourselves huge bonus points for doing most anything. However, in the economy of the woman's world, no matter what we men do gets the same score, one point. What Shanti has found is that highly happy couples, the yes couples, absolutely do keep score, they just do it differently. Consciously or subconsciously, partners in highly happy marriages keep score of what they owe their spouses. These spouses are very aware of what their mates are doing and giving, of how hard their spouses are working to support the family or how much they try to be good partners. They are highly aware of times when their mates are working longer than normal hours or have had a harder-than-usual time with the kids. As a result of this hyper-awareness of how much their spouses are giving, they make small but powerful adjustments. They compensate by giving more, and they never think of it as generosity. They are so aware of what their partner has given that they feel, as many told her, it's the least I can do. So here's the secret. Happy spouses keep track of what their mate is giving and what they need as a result and deliberately try to give back. You might think of it as the canoe theory of marriage. It's just like you and your spouse are out in a canoe on the lake when one paddler is tipping left and the other automatically tips right so you don't tip over. Shanti says that the impact of keeping score of the good is hard to overstate. Yes, couples trade a sense of entitlement, my spouse owes me, for a sense of indebtedness that makes them not just willing, but eager to do whatever they can to give back and serve the other. One reason the happy couples are so happy is that instead of keeping score of how much they are doing, 
and feeling resentful about it, like, I can't believe I'm doing all the laundry, they instinctively put more energy into keeping track of what the other person is giving. Shanti's research results show that twice as many yes couples as struggling couples said their partners would notice and compensate for a time when things were off balance. She asked, for example, if you did all the chores your spouse usually does for a week or two while he or she was extra busy at work, would your spouse notice and compensate for that in some way? By being extra nice and thankful, taking you out for dinner, giving you a break in turn, etc.? In fact, nearly two-thirds of happy spouses said that their partners would, without being nudged, notice and compensate for a time when things were off balance, where only a third of struggling spouses said the same. And then there's the disheartening combined statistic that for almost half of all struggling couples, the clueless spouses either won't help compensate in a time of clear need or they won't even notice. As you hear this, you may have several thoughts. You might protest, well, if my spouse were to chip in when we've been off balance, I'd be happy too. But remember something very important. The survey included answers of both spouses, which means that among the struggling couples, both partners were often answering the same way. In other words, if this is your situation, your spouse probably thinks you don't compensate either. This brings us back to the paradox that if you will focus on what you can do to serve your spouse during their busy times without worrying if they do the same, you're not only likely to be happier, but you're also likely to see your spouse's pattern change over time. Perhaps you have a different protest. Perhaps you think, now look, some people are just more observant and helpful by nature. They simply always pay attention to who's doing what and compensate automatically. Goody for them, but that's just not me. Shanti wondered about it's just their personality premise too. But she actually discovered something quite the opposite. At the start, This canoe behavior didn't come any more naturally to the highly happy spouses than to anyone else. The main difference was that certain people chose to keep score of what the other person was contributing. They worked at it, in fact, and chose to respond. And in time, it essentially became a habit because it delivered such good results. Shanti relates the story of one yes wife who described the family that she came from as one that had a very glass half-empty outlook. The wife told Shanti how she started keeping score of the good rather than the bad. Maybe because of my background, I did keep score of all sorts of irritations. It made it hard on us. We decided I would stay home with the kids. Well, our time is gone for today. I want to invite you to join me on Monday mornings at 10 a.m. on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page for some live teaching on relationships. If you're not a Facebook user, or if the time is inconvenient, 
you can go to my website, mutualunderstanding.net, click on the Mum Live tab and view the recorded teachings. Be safe and have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.